0: what's up everybody we are back with the latest episode of real estate uncensored this is the place where you get actionable ideas insight and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom and we have an awesome guest today we're talking about the six habits of high performance now these are not just things that we pulled out from where the sun doesn't shine these are six research-based habits in other words these are the stuff that actually works and is based on science so we've got an actual doctor here with us today. Uh, no, I'm not talking about Greg because if he's the doctor of anything, it's not anything I want to know about. So uh, we've got him in the co-pilot seat where he belongs. We've got Gene here. Uh, we're gonna have an awesome episode. So first of all, speaking of my illustrious compatriot, Greg McDaniel, what's up today?
1: I'm the digital doctor. I'm the I play, but I play a naughty doctor on TV. Does that count? Mm-hmm. No? no. No.
0: Okay. No. None of no. that makes any sense.
1: No, it really doesn't. But. Sherry, I, I was talking with her before when she and I were talking about coming on the show, and I was just sitting there just astonished with how much cool knowledge she has up in her head and the the six, the six habits of, of, of high performance. I mean, these are some of the things that are so logical, but yet it's so obvious that it hits us right in the face, and then we don't do anything with it. it it's, it's a complete conundrum, and I don't understand it. So, Sherry, we're all going to get on our chase lounges. Uh, we're going to play <laughs> soft music and just... <laughs> Lawless into success, my friend. Lawless, pull us into success.
0: All right, you have. And fun. officially welcome to the show.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
3: you guys. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm. So I'm, I have a doctorate. I'm a doctor, not a medical doctor, but I have spent a lot of years in school studying psychology, studying behavior, um, and so I got the fancy title after I did, yeah. you know, my whole dissertation. And,
0: fun stuff. and and in the trenches, coaching these uh, these messy, messy people we call realtors. So you've got plenty of experience in, in both, which is why we're, you know, like, super pumped to have you here, because we're not going to talk about just general things. We're going to talk about things that you have specifically noticed in your practice helping actual realtors overcome issues and get to, like, kind of break through the limitations that keep them from the high-performance habits. So it's not just that, like, this is not just a reminder of things we already know how to do. like Like, yeah, we need a, a swift kick in the pants sometimes. But there's a reason that we're not doing some of the things that we know we should do, and we can we can go after and attack those limitations, those obstacles that are the things that are holding us back. So that's what we want to really dive into today. Um, before we uh, jump back in, because I want to dig into your background a little bit and see kind of how you got to where you're at. But before we do that, we got one person to welcome in as well, Gene Volpe, the evil bald ninja, the the marketer extraordinaire. What's up today?
4: How you guys doing? And lady, how's everybody? I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that we. I, should I get a glass of Cavassier? We're sitting back with our smoking jackets on today. Is that what mm-hmm. I got <laughs> I have. You didn't m- warn me of this, Mister McDaniel. It is two o'clock out on the East Coast. Sorry, ma'am.
1: I got a line of grapes on my on my keyboard, which I'm going to loudly crunch the entire episode to annoy Johnson to no end. Um, but you know, it, it is going to be a it's lot y- of fun. It's
0: really your it's your stunning professionalism that always makes me love you more, Greg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right,
4: he's shut up. A right. shirt on today, dude. I don't know why. I, I know. Any grief.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I was not going to give him much grief until he started crunching on grapes, because I was actually very happy with the way Greg showed up and looked like a normal human being who showered today. So it's always, uh, always a good four thing. Four
4: minutes into the show, and he's
0: disappointed. Exactly. But I don't right. have pants on. I do. Well, that I did not need to know. All right. So <laughs> so Sherry, let's get back to you. So so you have this super unique background where you've got a deep um, background in the science, the literature, the research, but you've also been just working in the trenches with realtors and, of course, other small business owners and types of entrepreneurs. This is, that's not the only type of person that you coach, uh, but you've got a ton of experience coaching real estate agents. So how long have you been doing that and how did you get into the wild and wacky world of coaching agents? <laughs>
3: Well, so my husband is um, an associate broker and has been an agent for the last about almost decade. Um, and so because he, and because that's his world, that also became my world. And so the more that I, you know, learned about real estate, and we've been real estate investing for about 15 years, so I was part of that mm-hmm. and always have been part of that as well. And so yeah. uh, so I really, I, you know, I've gotten to know quite a bit about that, and I can hang almost with the best of them as far as understanding the lingo, understanding what it takes to be a successful agent, and so, as my husband has built his team, it just was a natural transition that I would take my abilities as a coach and as a psychologist, and the leadership work I was doing with other entrepreneurs, in just kind of funneling that into um, his real estate team as well as other realtors. I mean, I I will I will not coach any other realtors in our town, of course, because that would
2: be conflict of interest.
3: Um, mm. But I, you know, by being able to do that with outside of the this area, it's it's yeah. been a lot of fun. And that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. where I get the most excitement. I mean, I get filled up by that.
2: Yeah.
0: What's uh, l- l- riddle, riddle me this? Uh, just give us an idea of the, maybe the stage that your favorite types of clients are at. Uh, are they relative beginners? Are they people who have been in the business five, ten years that are hitting a ceiling? What's what's the favorite type of person you love to help?
3: Well, so let me answer that two parts. I think the most the most common. Um, realtor that I have worked with is one that is probably within the first year to three years.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and so the way that that and the challenges that that um, agent has is is slightly different, but at the same time is somewhat same as the, the realtor that's had some successes has built up, uh, but feels like they're kind of hitting a plateau or a ceiling of some sort. Um, so I would say the one that's been in business you know, for about at least five to seven years is probably where I get, I, you know, I feel like um, I get energized the most, uh, but my most of my, more of my experience has been with the with newbie. newbie
0: yeah, which makes sense. That, that tracks just with the general, like that's the way the industry is. I, I would say there's a, probably a good chunk of coaches that would say the same. You get a lot of fulfillment and impact from people that have hit the ceiling where you help them break through, but the fact is like 80% of the agents running around have been in the business for two or three years or less because that's how much turnover there is, sadly, in the industry, so that makes sense. Um, so let, let's start with the uh, the beginner angle, just because we've got a lot of people listening and watching that are going to be coming from that perspective. And Greg, that's who you're uh, have always been the most passionate about helping. So let's let's bounce it back and forth a little bit. So, uh, Sherry, give me uh, give me something that you've noticed about newer agents that you you can help them through or maybe one of the struggles and, and obstacles that are pretty common to that stage.
3: Yeah. So you know, most agents are coming from a normal, a normal job scenario where yeah. they have a boss. They come to work. They check in. They do their job. They check out. They go home. They live their normal life or their other life. Um, and so the challenge that I often see is that you know now you're you're you know for all intents purposes you're self-employed. Um, you have to market yourself. You have to think about yourself. Be intentional about yourself. And it's it's you as an agent. Is important in your role as being a successful agent um, as it is that the knowledge and you know the actual lead gen or making phone calls, well how do you sound on the phone call? Um, so there's a very different focus um, in being a realtor than people typically have experienced in their past jobs. Um, the past job was just a plug-and-play, it didn't really matter your personality. So a lot of the struggles that I'm seeing with the newbies is all of a sudden how they interact, their, their personal qualities and characteristics, Sometimes even their lifestyle, all of that stuff is on display now. And so they're they're struggling with, um, what do I do with that? I, I'm not comfortable, for example, I'm not comfortable videoing myself. I've never, I never had to do that for my past job. That really seems awkward, I, you know, how do I look? I sound funny, kind of all of those things that people go through when they first hear themselves on video, but they've just never had to do that before. So it's an entire switch. In um, you know, in, in kind of putting themselves out there for the world, and I think a lot of the challenges I see center around that.
0: Just around mm-hmm. the video, or just or just self promotion. Promote self promotion.
3: Yes, self promotion.
1: So yeah. people would have no problem writing a blog post about themselves, but getting on a, doing a video is a completely different piece, But it's both self promotion. I mean, is it just are they they feel inferior because they aren't Brad Pitt or Jennifer Aniston or? some of these pretty people that act on on screen all the time and they look perfect nine you know ten out of ten times, do they do they they're afraid that they have flaws like a normal human being? Are you seeing a lot of that?
3: Absolutely. I mean, just in general population that is hugely prevalent. Um, and so why would it be any different in the in the real
1: population? I mean, the the first yeah. year of this podcast, I mean, I paid for Matt's therapy bills. I mean, he was very self-conscious. I mean, <laughs>
3: that was an investment
1: in him, right? <laughs> it was it was a personal investment in, in the in the overall show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and I'll always thank you, Greg. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> Gene's just so, naturally gorgeous. I mean, so exactly, he, he, yeah. Gene
0: doesn't you. have to worry about it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, like so he awesome. just he just skates through life. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right. not a not a
0: not a care in the world.
1: <laughs> well, when you're
3: you know you detract people from here because your 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 head is shining like you know it's it's a flight
4: of hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of hand. <laughs> I thought was go, yeah,
4: like I have warm eyes. That's
0: what it is. <laughs> Warm eyes. <laughs> Warm eyes. Oh man. All right, so so Gene, let's bounce it to you for a second because I, I know you deal with this because your entire business is based around taking content like videos, breaking it up into a million pieces and putting it everywhere to get more exposure online. You desperately need your clients to do more video. Like you're probably all you know, like but the impression I get is you're basically always asking your clients, for the love of God, will you give me more content?
4: I, I had this conversation today with a guy where so. One of my buddies who's a broker, um, we're getting ready to launch one of our 50 cities for the best of concept, right? Where you become the Mm -hmm. mayor of your digital town. And I I said to him, he was so concerned about the process of me editing the video and getting the video started and then breaking the video into pieces and converting the audio to a podcast and getting it to Apple and Google and then taking the memes and the artwork and the clips and marketing them across all the social channels. And I said, stop. That's. Everything that comes after you're worried about all that stuff, I'm concerned that you're going to give me four hours a, a month because I need content from you. I need four 30 minute videos, interviews with local business owners. So you got to figure out an, an hour per video, and mm-hmm. I need you to give me four of those, and the rest of it will fall in place because I can I chop like- that material up for days and weeks and years. But, if I don't have that initial piece, I'm kind of up a crick.
0: yeah, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, Sherry. let's let's go into uh, kind of one of the first habits that we want to touch on, and let's talk a little bit about how like how do you take yourself when you know that there's something you should be doing, like let's say it's Facebook live videos more often to your database. How do you get yourself into a place where you start to recognize what the bottleneck or the obstacle is so that you can start to work on it?
3: right. So you brought up the word habit, and we, I, I, so I want to put that, what we're talking about with social media in the framework of one of the habits. Um, mm-hmm. The habit itself is um, is courage, is acting or developing or increasing your courage. Okay, and so what I see is this fear of social media or this fear of videoing and all that sort of stuff kind of lives often under that. And so the people are just afraid of being genuine, putting themselves out there, their fear of criticism, you know, there's a lot of different things wrapped up in it and, you know, everybody's a bit different as far as what is the motivator for why, you know, they're they're yeah. fearful of doing some of these things. But you have to build the habit of um, having courage. And so what that simply looks like is every day you, you recognize when you're afraid of doing something, when you're hesitant or when you've got the butterflies or whatever, um, you recognize when you're fearful of something and then you make a plan and you do it. Um, don't take too long in making the plan, though, because sometimes mm-hmm. people get caught up on the "Well, I'm not ready yet."
2: Okay, right. well, just
3: do it. Like, just do it. Action is better than you know a thousand hours of planning. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so with the social media, it I mean, it's as simple but as hard as you just have to do it. And so, you know, maybe a lot of times what I what I work with with the agents that I work with is having them set up a plan, a successive plan of getting more used to uh, doing the videos and social media. And sometimes it's taking baby steps at the beginning and and just doing some videos where they pre-recorded because they have a little bit more control over if they stumble and say the wrong word or they, you know, say.
0: I always recommend that people like for Facebook Live especially, like start by publishing it to yourself first like yeah. you still get the practice of going live because the mechanics of it can trip you up just all by themselves. So yeah. practice the mechanics of it by going into Facebook and just changing the settings so it only broadcasts to yourself and then you can like change it so it only broadcasts to family and friends. Like you can kind of wean yourself on to going live publicly to the to your entire profile one step at a time. You don't have to necessarily go, you know, full on right off the bat to everyone, uh, especially when you're doing Facebook live for the first time because there's some you just there's some tech stuff to get used to and that's fine. But, yeah, you're right. Like, if you make a plan, don't spend so much time on the plan that you don't actually do the thing that you're fearful to do.
3: Yes. I mean, and I love that idea about Facebook
0: um, Facebook Live. So I'm totally stealing that because I have not used that. Oh, I'm
3: sorry.
0: It's, it's trademarked. Uh, yeah. nice. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I just went in. Oh, so close. I just went in. As we were talking, I just trademarked that.
4: <laughs> well, well, Listen, Can I stop you there? Because I disagree with you.
2: Oh. Uh, naturally, about,
0: naturally. Wait a minute. You, you disagree with who, Gene?
4: Uh, you, Matt Johnson.
0: Oh, of course. Well, and I yeah. I'm, I'm proxy, for, I, for uh, one, I'm shocked. All right, go I ahead. Guess,
4: I guess by proxy, the doctor, the good doctor. Okay. Um. No, no, no. Listen, I, I think that there's a total, there's a lot of validity to what you say, right? Because it, it helps you protect and your, it helps protect yourself from your own embarrassment, right? Right. But, uh, but working in the real estate field, here's what I can tell you: the more you introduce hurdles into the process to these agents, the less they do anything of any value, right? Here's what I mean. When when I go and say, and I do my training on videos, and I take out my camera, and I go, take this video, make sure it's just one clip, plug it into your PC, and then open your editing program. I lose 97% of them. <laughs>
2: yeah, you <Right>? just... <laughs> I lose,
4: I, They're gone. So when you start talking.
0: Open an editing program. Come yeah. on, James. What are we talking so, so about here?
4: I, I feel, here's what I feel like. Remember the first time you jumped off the high dive? Yeah. You, mill, you, yeah, mill around, and you mill around, and the fear builds, and it builds, and you climb back down the ladder. Just jump. Yeah, I get
0: that. Water. But here, here's what needs to happen. Honestly, like most agents need to show up to an event, and some, like Greg, you and I did this in Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Take out your phone. Here's the voice message. thing. here's where to find it. Where do I find it? Here's where to find it. Where, where do I find it again? Here's where to find it. Like, we do we've been through this before? And that's yeah. to me, that's what most agents need. They need somebody to walk the, you know, walk them through it, right? And that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so if we're if we're, we're talking about what really works to get most agents to do something, it's they got to see it done. They have to have somebody do it with them, and then they'll do it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, Matt, yes. We had one of our, so you, yes, if, and if they want to yes. do something differently and not do the Facebook lives, they can totally do that. But the courage can build. You can go and do an Instagram TV because you're going to pre-record those videos. Then you're going to push it out into social media, and Instagram will, will will push that out. as Long as you have a good title and you do it for over 60 seconds long, then you get your thumbnail on that. But I mean, that could be a great you know kiddie pool to jump into, dip your toes in, and see if you like this whole video thing because it is pre-recorded. You do have editing control. Uh, and then you can push it out there, and then jump into the into the into the bigger pool and do live uh, a live uh, Facebook, live YouTube, and so on and so forth. But I mean, Doc, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, is that people they underestimate their abilities to do things, and I think that they're mainly thinking about what's everyone else going to judge me about. Look, nobody gives a shit about you at all. They're more concerned about themselves. So if you're so concerned about them caring about you, you are pathologically wrong. I thought that isn't that's not that's not how that word should be used. But you know that. <laughs> but you know you know they're they're you're a psycho if you think everyone's watching you. Just just go do you. I get I oh you like
0: I narcissistically do. wrong. Yes yes that's, yeah, what okay. that's
1: the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. But I mean realistically, you know what Bob from Remax, his ass ain't gonna be doing a video. But when exactly. you do it, he's gonna be looking at you going, "Damn, I wish I had the courage of that guy or that gal." <laughs>
3: exactly. True. So I wanna talk bring both of your guys' perspective back to the concept of courage because I do think you both can be right. Um, Jean, what you're talking about um by force, you know, my guess is that the person that comes to you and says, Hey, I need your robust marketing strategies to implement, they probably have already built up their their muscle of courage over time having done stuff and now they're ready to jump in the big pool and do the big stuff. I don't think you're gonna get and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably not gonna get a newbie agent who's never, ever done anything on video um, being like, broadcast me over all of it, you know, they're they, they are less likely to do that, I would say. And so sometimes you can push somebody to take the major plunge, you know, and, and, and just do an hour video if they've never done a video before. There might be that occasional person. But I, I would guess that they probably have built up that muscle of courage more than, you know, just in general, not necessarily just in social media, but courage is courage regardless of which domain you're talking. Um, so sometimes it needs to be a baby step. Sometimes people can tolerate a much larger step.
4: Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that runs the gamut. I see all kinds for sure. Um, but yeah, you, and you can, but the funny part is I'll know going into a, to a sit down with somebody, like a consultation, it only usually takes me about 35 seconds to figure out if they're going to be hard, a, a tough nut to crack when it comes to that. Or if this is not going to be a problem, I'm just going to get a constant flow of of marketing material. You can usually see it right away. But I, I see a lot. I see a lot of people that are like, I know I need to do it, but I'm scared. And then I get the other guys that are like, and gals that are like, yeah, I've been doing this for four years. It's fine. I just need somebody to help me with the, you know,
2: the, the,
4: the distribution of it or something.
3: Exactly. But yeah. And so a lot of time, my time is spent um, at times with, with the folks that are, well, you know, What's that going to mean? How is that going to impact me? It's, it's, you know, they really need to shift their perspective about themselves and about their, and, and focus quite honestly on, you know, what is the big picture? Like why, why are you even doing real estate? This isn't, this really isn't about self-promotion. I mean, that's not the point of your real estate career for, unless you're, you know, you're narcissistic, um, you know, <laughs> like Greg.
2: Um, <laughs> hey, he said, hey. You're the one that used the word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. I yeah, walked into that one. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. you know, even as much as the video, I mean, I shoot video almost every single day you know, with my new TV show. You know, I'm, I'm doing full, full day filmings. I mean, when Gene talked me into getting my DSLR camera, um, you know, my T7i, dude, I was very ner. I let that thing sit in the bag for like a month and never touched it because I was afraid of using that camera. So I mean it runs the gamut. It doesn't matter if you've been shooting video all the time or if it's you're something to brand new into. We all have a level of fear. But guess what? I took action on it. I just started using it and now it's just like walking down the street. I mean, it's just a part of my part of life and gain courage. All of you guys out there who are married or dating, one of one or both of you, both of you had courage to go on that first date, talk to that guy, talk to that gal, you know, you know, that took courage. Take the same amount of courage and go on video. I mean, a video is not going to tell you to go kick rocks. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Not going to throw a drink in your face, Matt. You know, it's going to be very, very simple. And it's yeah. just, just taking the first step. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I've I've learned to just embrace drinks being thrown at me as as free drinks and refreshing way to cool off in the summer. How's that?
3: You just open your mouth wide and hope some of it gets in.
0: Exactly.
4: <laughs> exactly. It Gets in the bloodstream faster when you pour it over your head. What?
0: Sure. Is that is that how that works, Gene? Okay. May, maybe know. if you're bald, I don't think that works when you have hair. I think I, I think maybe the alcohol seeps into your follicles because they're they're unoccupied currently. All right. Listen. So let's talk about. I,
4: bathe, I just know when I bathe in vodka, I'm tanked up when I get out of the tub.
0: Oh, okay. When you bathe in vodka. All right. I'm gonna leave that one alone. All right. Let's talk about, uh, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about one of the other habits. We can talk about necessity, Sherry, if there's another one that you'd like to bring up, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's move on and talk about one of the other habits of high performance.
3: You were on the same wavelength as me. I was actually going to shift us because necessity ties in really well with what Greg was saying as far as having this camera and kind of having some fear around that. So mm-hmm. when you think about um, why you're doing what you're doing, um, there's, there's a couple, think of necessity as motivation. There's a couple reasons why you're motivated to do what you do for a couple categories there's internal motivation um which um thoughts around that might be you know i just am a person who likes to put likes to do the best likes to, to be excellent um so therefore i do the best i can because that's who i am so there's internal motivators um also around that is your values if you value your uh family life and you and you're like let's say you're this whole Sole bread provider for your family. There's a necessity, an internal necessity there of I need to provide for my family. It's a value I have. So you're gonna you're gonna be more likely to do what it takes to be able to to fulfill that value for your family, which then yeah. ties to the necessity. There's also external uh, necessities. So things around you that um, kind of help force you to do something. And so with, with Greg's example, you know, I think part of that is um, an external necessity was placed on him. He knew that he was going to be doing this, you know, doing this new launch or the show, and like he, he had to at some point start recording himself more long term and, and do some of these things. So the pressure was mounting. He knew he had to do it. So at some point the, the necessity of doing it overcame the fear and the courage kind of was the gap to doing that. Um, so thinking about motivation, you know some of it is working on building your internal motivation to do something. Some of it is um, you have a lot of you actually have a lot of control about the external motivators that motivate us. And so sometimes that looks like you know, inviting people into your life that you know support you will will challenge you, um, you know will that are better than you because so that you want to you know step up and 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 meet their level of expectation for you or their level of success. Um, so, so that's that's how, you know, one example of introducing necessity and courage kind of into the same conversation because they they all feed into each other.
1: You know, the funny thing is Tony Robbins, I remember this a long time ago, he was making 35 bucks, I think as a truck driver or something like that, $35,000 a year, and he was obviously very poor and he said, I would never have a child though if I was going to be poor. And when he found out that his wife at the time was pregnant, he went from making $35,000 a year and in 12 months went right to a $1 million. That's his necessity changed. And awesome. you, you get what you tolerate is exactly what happens in life. And so uh, I, in my own life, I've definitely – I've looked around and I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell? I'm I'm tolerating this bullshit? All right, I'm changing this. And I'm going to and I make shifts in life. And if you want to be the number one agent, if you want to have the more, more listings, if you want to – get started at that first sale. Well, what are you going to tolerate? Are you going to tolerate by looking at that camera in the bag for a month when it could be out working for you? Are you going to tolerate you know, knowing that you should go door knocking or doing the calls but you don't do them because you're afraid of your own shadow? What are you going to tolerate? It's yeah. that simple.
3: One of the cha- two, two challenges I see that kind of funnel into the same thing is a lot of agents, um, mediocre or low performing agents, don't have a lot of necessity around the finances of their business. Mm -hmm. And we see this a lot in part-time agents, because they already have another job that's providing them income, so, you know, maybe this is just something that they thought, oh, might be kind of fun to do, but they're not super committed to it, so they could give or take if they end up making money. Um, Or the other example is if they, um, maybe this is their full-time job, but they have a spouse who provides sufficiently, and so this Mm -hmm. is extra income. So those are two situations where I see a lot of people struggle with necessity, because, you know, financially, they don't have to be super performers. They can kind of be mediocre, and they don't have to um, try to bust through those those fears that they have. They can just try to be just good enough to, you know, in whatever their their own situation. Uh, yeah. One of the one of the um, gal realtors that I work with right now, she um, had this long longer term goal. You know, maybe three years or so of I'm going to become an agent, and I'm going to you know, slowly build up to the point where I can replace or slowly or approximately replace my husband's income so that I can bring him home from a job that he had um, or had has that took him away from home for weeks at a time. And so she made the leap. She got into real estate. She was pretty motivated. Well, once you know, like a couple months into her career, her husband in the career field he in, he's in, often they get laid off for periods of time when he got laid off, and so all of a sudden, <laughs> you know what was like a 3 year goal now became like a 2 week goal <laughs> like her, <laughs>
2: necessity,
3: right. her necessity increased dramatically and so i can see like she is she is committed every week she comes and she's like all right what else do i need to do to increase courage how else can i fight the you know like she's on it she's going to do amazing because she her necessity is through the roof
1: that is awesome i love those types of stories and, you know sorry that her husband lost his job but you know, everything happens for a reason in life, and that was a you know obviously a motivator for her to kick 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 rocks. then you know, I can't talk today, so I'm just gonna just shut up and let the, talk.
0: the kicking rocks. But yes, give give herself a good kick <sighs> in the butt, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think that is one of the toughest things because it's one of the reasons why we hit plateaus as entrepreneurs is the the necessity stops. You know, I mean, I've talked to people even in like MLM businesses that are that are leading teams, and they complain about their Senior leaders, quote unquote, on their team, like they hit six figures or you know multiple six figures, and all of a sudden they just kind of you know stop. Uh, We all hit those things where where we hit a point where there's less of a necessity, and there's a bunch of different ways to break through. But yeah, I mean sometimes life is going to force that by forcing the necessity back on us if we slack off too much. Uh, But it it is definitely hard to kind of create artificial necessity. We have to, you know, uh, to me, I get around it by focusing on the areas where I feel like the business isn't as healthy as it should be and where I'm not as good a leader as I can be and I know if I improve the health of the business and I get better as a leader the business will continue to grow even if I'm not in a place where financial necessity is an issue right so I create urgency and other like psychic urgency in other ways by putting pressure like mental and emotional pressure on myself to get better in areas that are painful to be weak in um, yeah. But that, you know, that like that's not, most people are never used to getting to a point where financial necessity isn't an issue.
3: Absolutely. You bring up a great point. In the field of psychology, there's um, what's called the Maslow's Hierarchy of Need. I'm sure you probably, if you've been to like, you know, Psychology 101, it's this triangle. At the bottom um, of the triangle are the most basic needs of life, you know, shelter, water, food, clothing, and then as you move up the triangle, um, you know, at the very top is, um, is uh, kind of like a self-actualization uh, is what he used to call it. And then you've got the, the areas in between. And so you're right, once you know, once the population gets the bottom one under control um, or those needs met, it can be harder to stay motivated as you kind of move up that ladder of, of needs. And so it does turn into being a lot more of an internal need. Um, you have to be more active in making sure that necessity is um, still present in your life, you know, and that, and that could be something, uh, you know, like joining a mastermind where you feel like you aren't worthy of being in that mastermind. Right. Like if, you know, if it's a fine, like, you know, if, if it's, if you have to make 250000 in order to, to uh, join the mastermind and, and you, right. just 000. Like you just made 251000 like you got in there you know, that's a great way of providing or increasing necessity because you're like, I don't want to be in this group of people and be like the bottom of the barrel scum of, you know. Um, And so, you know, there's things that you can do to kind of force yourself into those situations um, and they might not be financial.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, I like it. Yeah, it's it's always helped me to get around people that were super successful, and not only in kind of resetting my set point of what I should go after and what's possible, uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of other benefits uh, to being around the right group of people that are more successful because it also opens up your horizons of what's um, what's possible. And the, a lot of times they'll have their own uh, opinions and ideas for how to achieve it tactically. So it's not just about, you know, keeping your motivation. They'll also have a lot of the how-to's of how to actually get things sure. done. So yeah, so I agree. That's one of the best ways to do that. And,
2: and so another
3: example um, can be take... Oh, you were gonna say something. I totally
1: cut you off. It's okay. You're the guest. You're allowed to do that.
2: Okay. Matt, Gene,
1: okay. they're not allowed to do that. You okay. <laughs> uh, the person I hang I hang out with a lot is extremely successful, and it's it, like what you guys are talking about. It takes your my mindset, and I've gone to a whole nother place with where I what I think about and how I'm driven. Because like you're saying, Doc, you know you don't want to be the bottom of the barrel. You know, you don't want to be the fat guy in the relationship. You know, you, you, you want to be a better version of who you are, and you're going to be the grand total of the people you hang out with the most. And that's drinking, drugs, workouts, eating habits, financial, you know, decisions. So who you hang out with is going to have a direct reflection of who you're going to be. And that could be a hard conversation pill to swallow because it could be your friends and family. It could be people that have been in your life for decades. And sometimes you've got to do some weeding. Clear some stuff out of your out of your life, no matter how bad you it just is. Did
3: you say sometimes you have to do weed?
1: Weed? Well, yeah, I, I do the weed. <laughs> Besides that, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the clarifying. weed is strong, <laughs> but it's so true you, though.
3: So, in what you said, you 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 you're kind of tapping into one of the other um, habits, and that's around clarity. That I mean, it's kind of like you. I mean, you have to have clarity in life before you really can really truly be a high performer because otherwise you're scattered. If you think about getting on an airplane, the airplane has to is going to have an endpoint. They're going to be clear in exactly which airport they're um, going to land in. Mm-hmm. Now their path to the airport is going to, you know, to your destination is going to go back and forth. They're going to constantly be correcting themselves based on wind speed, based on you know flocks of birds and all that that stuff. But they know exactly where they're going. So having clarity is really important. And part of having clarity is evaluating your life, evaluating what you're doing, evaluating who you're around—the social your social network—because um, your social network is—it's quite likely that there's people that are not actually helping you or supporting you and are detracting, whether they're just super negative or whether they just suck the time and, and life out of you. Uh, I you know so that's one of the challenges too as you kind of. As, as people are on the journey of high performance, is you have to be intentional about everything, including who you let into your life and who you let influence you.
1: And it's one of the things that you sometimes you don't even know what's going on. I mean, Gene, in in with what you're working with, with your clients and your own self, I mean, when have you ever had to go do some house cleaning and get people out or maybe help people do that so that they can get to the next level in, in their business?
4: For sure. Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. I think with... It's just people's psyche needs to be rearranged every once in a while, and you know me, I'm fairly open and transparent. Mm-hmm. I don't no. really hide stuff. I, I don't. I don't beat around the bush a lot.
1: <laughs> Thank God, because you talk so much. We never. We. It's very good that we uh, know where we're getting, what we're getting from you. Um,
4: but there's a doctor on the program. What do you need to hear from me? <laughs> All right, Gene, come on, man. Let me ask you,
3: Gene. What has been the most challenging relationship that you yeah. have had to give up?
1: Is, you career. did it you did it now gene you got the wait, doctor wait, coming after you
4: wait the most challenging relationship i had to give up because of what
3: in your career to continue on in
4: your in your path the one with my wife <laughs> oh I, I had to kick that kick her to the curb because she was getting no, i'm only kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> she's, she, she's oh my, getting oh she's
3: getting uppity. <laughs> 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 I, I almost to Give my therapy face of
4: like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, how does that make you feel? I, here's, here's how it makes me feel. I know I can get away with that every once in a while because she's not watching. Otherwise, she would right. be down here right now, looking at me in my, my office, like get up here right now.
2: Um, <laughs> sometimes I get hit.
4: Sometimes I get hit. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't. I don't have. I don't really cut many relationships for the most part. I think um, I'm more of a passive. Um, relationship ender. I w- I'm not one of those guys where like I- I'll call you and be like, "Look, this, this this isn't working." I kind of go into a hole. I've I've always been like that. I don't like I don't like um burning bridges, and I don't like the stress that comes with having to tell people you don't like them very much.
2: <laughs> you know what? I actually I actually <laughs>
4: have I actually have an answer for you, Doc. I had to cut I a think.
1: relationship uh with one of my longtime lenders that I've used for decades. Um, and I can say that because I've been doing this for 20 years i literally been using them since the beginning of my thing, but you know what? It was it was no longer a uh, – uh, was not serving the purpose because he was going in one way, I was going the other, and I felt bad about severing the relationship or minimizing it significantly. But you know what? I felt better after the split had taken place because I was able to develop new relationships with new business partners who were supporting me in my next ventures and my new goals. Yeah. And that was a hard one. I mean, that was a hard one. He and I done millions of dollars of business together, but, yeah, that was a hard relationship to sever. But fix courage and
4: necessity. Yes. Yeah. So, Gene, uh, back to you. That <laughs> means you were boring, Greg. That was boring, <laughs> No, no, no. The,
3: quiet, the quiet one gets picked on is, is, is the way.
4: Is. No, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay
2: with that. So,
3: so I, I hear what you're saying, Gene. If you don't like to be like, you're not cutting it. I'm cutting you out of my life. But I would guess that there was at some point, there was a conscious recognition that, wow, like this is, this person is draining or they're, you know, I, I just walk away from conversations with them. Just it takes me a while to shake what they're saying or those sorts of things. And so then you made the conscious decision that I'm going to decrease my interactions with them.
4: Oh, that happens. That happens all the time, for sure. Yeah. As, as, so I always think about it like. You've ever seen the meme of of Homer Simpson where he's falling away into the bushes? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's me. That's me. So like we're on the phone three times a week, three times a week, two times a week, one times a w- one time a week, one time a month. Where Gene, who? Like I'm sliding <laughs> out, man. You don't even know I'm leaving. <laughs> no, I've done oh that, and you, know, you, and you. And actually, made me think. I used to work for um, I was a manager with Verizon Business for a while, and I and I've I've had to fire people. So like I'm I was thinking mm. about like. How difficult that was to take somebody's livelihood away from them because it wasn't working out. So I that kind of took me back a little bit to that.
0: Yeah, like yeah, that kind of stuff should, you know should hit you a certain way, and it like it should. Let's put it this way: it should require courage. If it doesn't require courage, you may have something broken inside of you, and much more than Greg <laughs> accuses of being broken inside of me. Because I knew, Greg, that's where you were going with your comment about my little coal piece of coal where my heart should be. Um, but yeah, like I, I have a like it hits me. I don't want to fire. Uh, I don't want to fire staff members. I don't, unless it's a particularly annoying client. Don't enjoy firing clients, but I'll do it when <laughs> it's necessary. Um, there may be a little bit more glee in that particular situation, but uh, you know, I, I would I prefer that it not get to the point where firing them makes me happy. Let's put it that way, because um, I care. You know, like I care, and I think you should care. Um, so yeah, like if, if you're at the, you know, like I, I don't think you should feel bad or feeling bad for having to cut off certain relationships or let somebody go off of your team. To me, it's just an indication that you're a good person, like a normal person with a normal emotional range. So uh, it takes courage. Anyway, so we've talked about courage, we've talked about necessity, and we've talked about clarity. Uh, before we hit anything else, I wanna make sure that we hit the most important thing, which is how do you find out more about Sherry and get into her world and get connected? So Sherry, what's the best place for people to go?
3: Well, if you want just more uh, information in general, the website is titanelitecoaching.com. Um, we I've got a, a five-week course that you can enroll in, which is you know kind of a the low the low point of entry, uh, you know, in just kind of understanding the habits and starting to get some very concrete uh, things to start to implement to get traction. And again, so high-performance coaching is not about like quick success. And all of that sort of thing, although it often happens, but it's more around how do you get success, but then maintain it. And right. so these are these are habits that aren't things that you're gonna just do this week, master, and then move on from. They're things that we that in your best interest, you're gonna master over weeks. Some of them are gonna come really quick, but over months, and then you're gonna keep them implemented to some, you know, in some degree, you might. You know, fine tune that over the years, but you're gonna. These are things that you should be doing for the rest of your life, because if yeah. you want to be able to maintain your performance and not get burned out, um, and be able to still enjoy the lifestyle that you want, you really kind of have to have these things. We know that based on research, these are the, the core things that high performers have when compared to the average Joe. Uh, the other way you can get a hold of me, you're welcome to email me directly, and that's Dr. Sherry Fluellen. At gmail, doctor with a D R, Sherry with one R, flu um, Ellen like Ellen has the flu. How we all say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go.
0: Nice, <laughs> love it. All right, so Titan Elite Coaching. So that's easy. All right. So we're uh, um, by the way, and then Gene and Greg will get to you in a second. Um, so for the podcast, make sure to reach out, give us a, a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and listen to us on Spotify and all the fun places. Gene, yeah. if someone should want your big fat marketing brain, they won't uh, apply to their stuff. Of course, they would. No, where they, would won't. they Where would they obtain such brain power?
4: <laughs> Don't do it. Don't anybody call me. This is reverse psychology. This is, <laughs> okay. this is the ultimate takeaway sale. Don't call me. I am terrible right. at what I do, don't call. <laughs> GeneVolpe.com.
1: Nice, right, got the jingles. We're
2: getting All right. there.
1: And then Greg. Um, call me, text me, smoke signals. Guys, get a hold of me, let's do a free, free hour of coaching. Um, go ahead and hit me up on my number, 925-915-1978. I will put that in the comments as well. It's Macelle, shoot me a text. We'll book a time, do a call, hang out with my big heart of love and Matt's little tiny cola heart. Uh, I love you. He likes you. And uh, that's how you get a hold of me. So that's how we do it. Matt, let's take it. Let's put a bow on this thing and uh, kind of come in with our last couple of uh, theories or habits, I might say.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, let's um, let us hit one more high performance habit before we shut down. So, Cher, share what's what's the what's one that we can hit just in the last couple of minutes and leave people with something uh something actionable to do.
3: Perfect. Uh, let's talk about generating um, energy Okay. because it takes, it takes energy to be successful and to stay successful. So there's three ways to think about energy or three kind of domains of it. There's the physical, there's the mental, and there's the emotional. We've talked a little bit about the emotional as far as, um, you know, people can be emotion suckers. Um, they're like parasites in your life and, you know, you just, you got <laughs> to cut those off. Um, but let's talk a little bit about physical energy. A lot of people don't realize you can actually generate your own energy, like have you ever gone through a day and you're like, I'm so tired, man, I wish I could just get more energy, and and you're blaming energy like it's this external thing in the world, and it's just somehow passed you by for the day, Um, when the reality is you can actually generate energy.
2: Hmm.
3: Can you think of ways in your own life that you guys have generated energy?
2: Yeah,
0: 100%. Okay. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, deep breathing, focus on, you know, positive mental pictures, um, and then there's
1: cookies. (laughs) Cookies and coffee. That will get Matt every time.
0: Uh, But, yeah, but that's one of those things where if I can, uh, if I have been plugged in for too much, like I'm a natural introvert, so part of what gives me energy, I, I know this about myself, is I have to build in time ritualistically, consistently into my calendar to get away and think and strategize and plan. Uh, cause that's part of just where I process emotion. So yeah, that's one of those things where I've just figured it out about myself and a lot of introverts are the same way.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I don't, the so generating physical energy, No, Greg, you, you're, you're happy just being around people or something. I'm like a Labrador. I just love everybody. And I always want to play
1: fetch, play fetch and hang out and everything else. And it, it, it is interesting how you, how you can generate your energy. It is, it's like, if I go out, like I was, tired and when I went to my my networking event that at Rockstar Connect, connected me with this week, I just didn't want to go. And then I got there and I started talking to people and phoom, energy right through the roof.
2: Okay.
1: So it's very different. But yeah, yeah. It, 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 and you can create negative energy. You also can create positive energy. You know, if you think about something horrible, you know, well, guess what? That's going to manifest into your life and you're going to be down because of the energy you're, you're providing. But you can shift with just a quick change of mind. I mean, Matt goes and eats a box of cookies. You know, and feeds them to his obese, wood-dentin, sucking little troll babies. I mean, God, he loves them. He just chucks them at them, like a like a like a like a zookeeper throwing meat at a tiger. These kids just—they can't jump, but they kind of wiggle towards the cookie. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> don't know how I can make that any worse for you.
0: I was gonna say, wow, that was that was a stretch. I gotta tell you. All right, good lord, that that was a long way to go for that joke. All right, so worth it. So, yeah, that's that's one of the things I was actually just looking at a list this morning. I was going back through an old notebook, and I had made a list of at one point of what are all the things that I can do to change my state, my physical, mental, and emotional state. What are those state change activities, healthy or unhealthy, just what are the things that I do or could do that would change my state? That's a pretty revealing little list to write out because when you just when you just focus on what are the things I'm doing right now or have done, and you don't like put any filter on it, you get a pretty good list of both good and bad things, really, really bad things sometimes that you do to change your state. Uh, and better to face reality, because those those are things that some part of you is falling back on yeah. to, to change your state, deliver more energy, for example. Um, and yeah, you have to consciously realize that those, some of those habits are pretty deeply hardwired in, and you have to replace them with something better. You know, uh, that's the only way to attack them. Yeah, so one
3: quick tip. Um, some of the women might connect with this a little bit better than the male realtors simply because um, just as a general statement, men's brains are a lot more um, compartmentalized than women's <laughs> brains are. We tend to um, – there's a great book out there that just the title of it sums it up. Men are men. Men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. Um, you know, that <laughs> says, says it all. Uh, <laughs> so there's a nice – for you. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so when you think about going through your day and you have bad interaction, you know, a client that you just got off the phone with that's super mad, a contract that just fell through, or another, you know, all of these things, they add up and you're at, you know, you can get to this point where you're just like ready to explode. And so if you recognize that every activity that you have, um, try to figure out how to compartmentalize that to instead of it bleeding entirely over to the next one, then at the end of the day you're not so burnt out. And it can be as simple as as simple, but I mean this has to be an intentional thing, but as simple as um, you know, taking a moment to breathe, you know, just closing your eyes and <sighs> taking a you know a big deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe watching a silly your your best silly YouTube. I I love JP Sears. I don't know if you guys watch any of his mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, my gosh, some of his things make me just roll um, with his sarcasm. And so, uh, so you know, watching something funny, but somehow you got to release that negative energy so that you can then turn around in your next, you know, activity without carrying so much of that over effort. And so that would be kind of a simple strategy of, you know, kind of renewing your energy instead of letting it continue to, to build and build and build in a negative way.
1: Do you think that we let it build in a negative in a, or just overall because one people don't know how to release it or people do people thrive off of the ne- negativity like they for some sick reason they actually get gratitude out of it like they they could really they like they 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 don't know how to exist without that stress in their life they don't know the difference
3: I think it's both um so speaking to the person that thrives off of the negativity um I think a lot of that you know, I'm a psychologist. I kind of have to bring in, you know, one's childhood at some point. Um, so, <laughs> so, if you lived in an environment or a family that was very negative, very stress based, you know, you're living you're living your life out of survival mode. And so, often survival mode is very much a negative negative thought pattern that you know you you exist to beat down the negative and and to, you know to overcome or to, you know just not get killed or whatever the scenario. So I think definitely some people are wired that way, but what I see is more of just ignorance. Like people just bumble along in life, not really being intentional about what's going on. And so they just, without even awareness, just kind of let things build and let things accumulate without, you know, just without even knowing that it's helpful to recognize what's happening and how to deal with it differently. So I think from my experience, it's more often just ignorance rather than, you know, kind of this needing to feed off of the negative.
1: Interesting, <clears throat> very interesting. Well, explains Matt tremendously. Thanks, <laughs> <So>, um...
0: Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, all right. Um, so let's uh, let's let's wrap up there. I have to pick out a color for the bow that we're going to tie around this package of an episode. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm dipping into my mental crayola box here. Uh, <laughs> let's go with uh, let's go with magenta. How about that? How about magenta? I'm very pretty yeah. color. Yeah, Sherry, tie that bow around the episode. You are awesome.
1: Uh, you got a lot of knowledge rolling around up in your head, and I think that helped a lot of agents. Um, I, I mean, I, and when it comes to the, all the, the the points you went over, and if anyone's just chim- chiming in, go back and listen to this episode. It's really, really good. But the clarity is the one that really hit me, because I thought I was clear on my goals when I sat down to write out my goals. I had no idea what to write. I'm like, I stared at my page for a while, like, what are my goals? What do I really want? I could write down a bunch of bullshit, but I mean. Holy cow. And then I finally started getting clarity. I'm like, oh, this is so much easier. Now I, now I can have a goal and a path and, you know, going towards things and things are popping into my life. And so, yeah, clarity was a big one. So thank you for sharing. You are amazing. I really enjoyed having you, Matt. Matt, and actually, you so you made him smile. And that is a hard thing
0: to do. So thank you for putting a smile on Matt's face. <laughs> all right. And for everyone that's watching, uh, yes. first of all, thank you. Um, we We do love you. Uh, Greg claims that I don't, but that's not true. Come on up. Uh, Greg, shall we, shall we uh, end, end this particular one?
1: Yes. All right, guys, we're putting a magenta bow on it, and until next time, know that we love you, be kind to each other, and we will see you guys on the next video. Till then, peace out, my ninjas. We're gone.